Let's pray. O God of wisdom, by your spirit, may your word be proclaimed so that we may know good news in our hearts and in our minds and bear witness to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ in word and in deed. Now quiet in us any voice but yours so that we may hear your word for us today. Amen. Well, today we're beginning a sermon series that will delve into, explore 1st and 2nd Timothy. That's two of the, what are called the pastoral letters, the third being Titus. Now in your New Testament, Timothy is right after 1st and 2nd Thessalonians. As a scholar named Marcus Bork, who's uh, published an edition of the New Testament called The Evolution of the Word, in which all the books are arranged in the order that they are believed to have been written. And this, this version, 1st and 2nd Timothy, uh, the only books after 1st and 2nd Timothy are Titus and 2nd Peter. So these are about the, among the last of the books to be. It's an interesting table of contents. You know, you, we used to open up Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And, and when I was little, I thought, well, that's the way they were written, you know, first thing first. But actually, this one starts 1 Thessalonians, Galatians, 1 Corinthians, Philemon, Philippians, 2 Corinthians, Romans, and then you get to the Gospel of Mark, and then to the book of James. Very different from the order that we have them in our standard Bibles. But it's one way that to learn about how, how the New Testament was actually developed. Well, the two letters to Timothy and the one to Titus, they're called pastoral, partly because they, uh, they are addressed to the men, men who are pastors, Timothy and Titus. Although they're pastors more in the sense of being shepherd or leader of a flock. You see, this is way before the days of uh, seminary and presbytery and all of that. Um, so who was this Timothy? Well, in the 16th chapter of Acts, we read, Paul reached Derby, and then Lystra, where there was a disciple named Timothy. And uh, later, if you want to look at the map, you can see, here's Ly Lystra and Iconium are not places you ordinarily look up. <laughs> but that's where they are on the map here, uh, as part of Paul's missionary journeys. So Paul reached Derby and Leinster where there was a disciple named Timothy. He was the son of a believing Jewish woman and a Greek father. The brothers and sisters in Leinster and Iconium spoke well of him, Acts tells us. Paul wanted to take Timothy with him, so he circumcised him. This was because of the Jews who lived in those areas, for they all knew that Timothy's father was Greek. Now, Paul's earlier letter said that Timothy was a colleague of Paul and Silas in missions to the, to the Thessalonians and to the Corinthians. Timothy accompanied Paul on his third missionary journey, and so he was with him during that lengthy stay in Ephesus. And the first Corinthians, Paul describes Timothy as my loved and trusted child in the Lord, almost a spiritual son who would remind you of my way of life in Christ Jesus and would teach the same way as I teach. So he was sort of his spiritual uh, heir, you might say. 
The two letters to Timothy tell us just a little more about him. Timothy's mother's name was Eunice, and his grandmother, also a believer, was named Lois. We know that he was young compared to Paul and that he suffered from frequent illness. He's often on that disabled list. And he received a spiritual gift through prophecy and the laying on of hands. All those things are mentioned in the, these two letters. So listen now for the word of God in the first chapter of the first letter to Timothy, beginning at the 12th verse. I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has given me strength because he considered me faithful. So he appointed me to ministry, even though I used to speak against him, attack his people, and I was proud. But I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and without faith. Our Lord's favor, favor poured all over me, along with the faithfulness and love that are in Christ Jesus. This saying is reliable and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I'm the biggest sinner of all. But this is why I was shown mercy, so that Christ Jesus could show his endless patience to me, first of all, so I'm an example for those who are going to believe in him for eternal life. Now to the king of the ages, to the immortal, invisible, and only God, may honor and glory be given to him forever and always. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. O oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Why did he come? Why did Jesus come? Well, in this passage from 1 Timothy, the Apostle Paul is telling his story. He's given an account of how Jesus Christ changed his life. It wasn't Paul that made that change. In verse 12, he tells us that it was Jesus Christ who's given me strength. Jesus Christ who considered Paul faithful. Jesus Christ who appointed Paul to minister. Paul does not say, oh, you know, I was going down that Damascus road and I had this dramatic experience and fell down off the horse and I couldn't see for a while and then I changed my life and went into missionary work and writing letters, you know. That's not what it says. No, Paul says that Jesus Christ chose him, changed him, commissioned him. The 13th verse tells us that Paul used to speak against Christ, attack believers in Christ, and perhaps worst of all, he confessed, I was proud. Proud. And yet, Paul was shown mercy. Paul tells his story to convey the message that if God can love, if God can save someone as sorry and low as he had been, then anyone can have hope, can have access to the grace of God through Jesus Christ. The verses we read from that first chapter of 1 Timothy included the first of what are called five of faithful sayings, then the three pastoral letters. By the way, we were reading from the Common English Bible. The, the NIV calls these trustworthy sayings. And earlier this morning, I quoted the fifth of these faithful sayings or trustworthy sayings in our assurance of pardon from Titus. 
The first faithful saying is in that 15th verse. This saying is reliable and deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then for good measure, he added, and I'm the biggest sinner of all. Paul has pointed to his sinful past life, confessed to his pride to show that Christ can claim, can change anyone. He's also showing Timothy that one of the best ways of learning about Christian life is to observe true Christians. In fact, later in this letter, in the fourth chapter, Paul will urge Timothy, let no one despise your youth, but set the believers an example in speech and conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. But just think about how Think about how you became a Christian. How did you develop your ideas about what it means to be a Christian? I seriously doubt it was from memorizing a creed or reading a big, thick book of theology. You learned to be a Christian probably from observing, perhaps being loved by, a person who had come to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and had sought to live life in a way pleasing to God. I know for me it was my parents. It may have been for you, your parents and grandparents, your Sunday school teachers, other people who have been heroes in, of the faith for your life. So why did Jesus come? Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. People like you and like me. Thanks be to God. I charge you to go out into the world and by what you say and by what you do. Show your gratitude for God's saving grace through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now to the king of the ages, to the immortal, invisible, and only God, may honor and glory be given to him forever and always. Amen.